Hi, and welcome to White Hat vs. Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Johnny Bashinsky. Johnny. Today, <laughs> that's my middle name, really, Johnny. And uh, I, didn't make up a, I didn't make up a middle name. That's my real middle name, and that's what gets the reaction. And uh, I have with me my, co my Black Hat co-host, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing? Clint, you are broadcasting live from the Hooters Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. And casino, and here's my view. Ooh, too bad there's not actually any real Hooters. <laughs> I know. I was actually really disappointed about that. It's false advertising. <laughs> In every room, there's just all over the wall a bunch of owls looking at you. And uh, tell us what you're there for. Uh, SEO Rockstars happening here in a couple of days. I'll be speaking at it, uh, and then just kind of networking with some. Some people from online friends trying to make real life friends would be awesome. <laughs> real, real life friends. <laughs> yeah, we're always talking on Skype and stuff like that. When you make people in real life, it's kind of like, wow, you you exist. <laughs> this is this is weird. I don't have to Skype you to talk to you. So welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never watched the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show, we are the best SEO show on YouTube because we're pretty much the only SEO show on YouTube. But if there was others, we'd still be the best. Because we have a top-level white hat and a top-level black hat, which is down here on your screen somewhere, Clint. And we give a, all the secrets of how to do white hat and black hat SEO. And we, we uh, test and we take a look at uh, 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 SEO tools. We do SEO experiments. We do it all. We tell you all the secrets we can uh, because we want to give the knowledge out to you for you guys how to do SEO out there. If you're watching this on YouTube, there should be a chat box up. Uh, if, the, if this is the live show, there's a chat box up on the right side, probably about right there you're looking at. And uh, by all means, ask us questions. Put your questions in there for us, if you can, because I'm getting old. See these gray hairs on the beard? They're starting to come out. My eyes are getting old here, so if you could put three asterisks by your question, that way I can see it more easily, and then it won't be missed, and you won't get upset. Why didn't you answer my question? Josh hates me. Bah. You know, we want to avoid the bah, that kind of thing. So put, put three asterisks beside it, and maybe I'll see it, and I can answer it. So. Today, our special topic today is what are the best kept SEO secrets? What are the best kept black hat secrets? And what are the best kept white hat secrets? And so today, uh, Clint and I are going to be talking about that. Uh, and so, but we don't, we don't just want to hear from ourselves. We want to hear from you guys too. So in the chat box, it's over there or in the description below if you're watching this later on. I want you guys to share your best kept SEO secrets or ask us, you know, you know Josh, Clint, I heard about this SEO tactic. So-and-so is talking about it. It's called the blah, you know, whatever it is, the blah method or whatever it is, or give us a short description about the secrets are. And we will tell you if, you know, that's really a good SEO tactic, what actual empirical testing we have to verify that or what massive correlation studies we have to verify that. And, uh, oh, I can see the questions coming in already. <laughs> Neil is already asking us the big heavy hitters. And so uh, would be so. Go ahead, ask your questions in there in the chat, and we will we will satisfy your curiosity. If you've ever wondered, is this a major? Is this a the best SEO tactic ever? We will tell you. Go ahead, ask your questions in the chat. So without further ado, Clint, do you have anything you'd like to start with? I don't know. You kind of hit me uh, surprisingly with this topic, and now I'm like, oh shit, I gotta think of something. <laughs> Well, then I can start. <laughs> yeah, this is no. This is how you see that Josh and Clint will prepare the shows ahead of time. Josh thinks about five <laughs> seconds in his little brain ahead of time. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Let's talk about this. And then I tell Clint, and he's like, "I should have prepared something," you know, because Clint's a professional, and I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, which are are jammy pants right now. I might add. Nice. So because I'm in my house, so um, I'm not in Vegas. I'm not having fun looking at Hooters like like Clint is, but um. So I'll start with some of the best kept white hat SEO secrets. So here are some of the best kept white hat SEO secrets that not a lot of people know about and a lot of people kind of overlook. One of the best kept SEO secrets that is a huge ranking factor and has been since 2017 and moving forward that a lot of people uh, completely overlook, even though Google mentions it again and again and again and again. And you've heard me mention it again and again and again and again, and it's quality. Google has continued to mention that quality and, and uh, factored against the rank brain algorithm and their panda rolling algorithm are huge portions of the algorithm that <laughs> are, are constantly overlooked by, by novice or, or amateur SEOs. And the reason is simple. It's because 
quality is not a very well-defined term. What exactly does that mean? I mean, one man's quality is another man's crap, right? So it's, it's kind of subjective. Well, Google has given us leaks, and we have done empirical testing to test what the actual, how they're, they're tracking quality, and we can tell you it's traffic and clicks. So people have to do positive things on your website. Google is tracking, go to Chrome histo Histogram. Search on Google, Chrome histo Histogram. Histogram? I can't remember how it's pronounced or spelled, but Google it, and, and they'll tell you. There is a, a factor in in Google's, uh, in Chrome, that tracks every single action you do, every mouse movement you do, every keystroke you do, uh, and, and where you partially add in a, a URL, where you fully add in a URL, where you leave, or where you go back, it tracks every single thing that you're doing. And Google can track uh, a lot of metrics from other browsers as well. And so it's these user metrics that tell them, that give them any sense of an idea as to whether or not that page is doing well in search. If people searched for red apples, and they went to the page, did they find the red apples they want to look that they, that they want to see, or did they bounce back to Google, or did they click around your site and not find it, or did they do another search? So Google's tracking all that and determining based on this, this, these qualities and a, a number of other qualities whether or not you have a quality factor. So I think that's probably one of the most best kept SEO uh, white hat secrets, is that we can find, uh, is that we know how to look for these quality signals and how to optimize for them. Uh, and uh, a lot of the white hats are keeping that under their proverbial white hat. So we're joined here by Shawshank. Shawshank, is that how you pronounce your name? Please tell me that you are a real person and you're not going to show us your genitals. He says yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Shawshank. Uh, so um, if you have a question, uh, we'll get to you in a second, my friend. Right now I'm just going to mute you. And uh, we'll, when we open it up for questions, I'll talk to you then. Sound fair? I don't even know if he has a microphone. You got the link from this SEO intelligence agency, fantastic. Yeah, so I posted the link in a couple of uh, Skype groups that Clint and I are, are part of. Well, I'd be happy, my, my, my brother, I'd be happy to answer your question after that fact. So that's, I think, one of, one of the best, best kept white hat uh, secrets. Clint, what is one of the best kept black hat secrets, now that you have some time to think about it? Uh, I got a couple. One was spurred off by one of the questions in it in there, and that is that, yes, if you hide text with an accordion or in a carousel uh, or tabs uh, on your website, it does help. It actually completely does help, and it still, it still works today. So you can essentially make out a landing page for a conversion form, whatever, for product reviews, and it just have, without clicking any interaction page interaction on the user, have the call to action and go here to buy my crap button, and then underneath that, in those tabs, have all your content, uh, and that and that absolutely does work. I can concur from the white hat side that Google has admitted that ever since they were moving moving out the mobile friendly index, which they've already started, they've already rolled out the mobile friendly index, and they're rolling it out in an iterative fashion. That um, it used to be a no no. It used to be not supposedly be uh, they used to discount hidden text. Now they're reading the entire page and uh, getting the semantic of that page from the entire page. So I can concur from the white hat side that I think that's definitely the way it's working. Yeah, uh, what's another? Remember, they're reading the code of these sites. They're not reading what you see, visually see the DOM, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. But they're reading the code, and inside the code, they see all that. So every reference to those terms. So, And then in that, in that same genre is if you're using code and putting keywords inside of your code, I won't tell you how to do it because that's my secret, but if you put keywords inside of your code, it also works uh, to boost ranking and relevance. So. Ooh. Now, this is where we get to the, de the debate portion of the show. Is that, do you have to watch your keyword density when you're doing that? Is, is, it, is there a chance you could go too far and, and maybe replicate keywords or, or go hammer it too much? Uh, there is. What I typically do when I start off, when I'm optimizing for black or white hat is look at what Google is ranking now and find out what that keyword density is. And then we use the data that we got from SIA to find that you know, that magic number there. And that's really what I optimize for and see where I'm at. Quora, and it gives me all of those match terms that Ted's got plugged into there, which if you guys don't know, is basically when you search for something uh, and Google bolds the words in the search results, those are the match terms. 
uh, and the core is just pulling that out for you. On top of that, I add keywords that I find in related search at the bottom when you're doing the searches, that related searches, auto-suggest, and you'll find out the other place if you're at Rockstars. Ooh, <laughs> if you were there, quick, get your tickets to fly to Vegas. You too can see Hooters, and you can go to SEO Rockstar. Okay, so those are really good uh, kept secrets. Thank you very much. But really, Another... if it's, it's just a matter of, of, you know, you want to add as much relevancy, and Google's giving you all these tools to find that relevancy. And you can pretty much – I've ranked a page uh, – Based off of the the whole quality content thing that you were talking about, I did it with just H tags, uh, using related searches and auto suggest, and I probably got I'm looking at it now maybe 20 other words on here, and it's number seven for the key the targeted term, just that and backlinks so, spam backlinks by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely you can you can definitely do that. Um, I know I'm I'm the closet uh, I'm the resident white hat here, so I'm supposed to say you know don't do that blah blah blah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just an algorithm, and if you know how to manipulate it. Now my question is, how long would it stay in that SERP? Uh, in my opinion, that would only stay in a SERP that has is a really low quality. But uh, on on page specificity is a, is one of the main ranking factors, 33% at least. Another 33% is off page uh, specificity, i.e. links. And so that can definitely get you there if, if the quality is not there. It would be more difficult to do that in a, in, a, in, a, in a search results page, I think, that had a lot of traffic. But I don't know. Maybe you're doing it on, uh, on a, a page with a lot of traffic. The more broad you get and the more competitive you get, stuff like that's not going to work. But then again, neither is high-quality content. Um, <laughs> yeah, not alone, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You need. You definitely need all the factors. You need on page. You need links. And you need. You need. In my opinion, to to, to rank anywhere worth ranking, you also need the quality as well. Here's another uh, one of the best kept white hat secrets, and it's not a white hat secret at all. Is that white hats buy links? <gasps> I know. Shocking. <laughs> the best kept white hat secret probably is that white hats are not white hat. <laughs> is that if you want to rank in any major niche, you've got to get links, and the vast major majority of the time. People are buying them, so so uh, that that might be uh, I don't know. You might be insulted by what I just said. Not you, Clint, of course, but one might be insulted by what I just said. One might be aghast. There, they cannot believe. Do not tell me, sir, that white hats buy links. But yes, as any white hat who's been doing this for a very long time will tell you, buying links, uh, paying money to acquire links, however that acquirement occurs has been industry standard practice since the beginning and it will always be industry standard practice as long as Google is still using links in their in their SEO algorithm in their ranking algorithm so that's another one of the uh, better kept SEO uh, white hat SEO secrets is yeah, that they all do it <laughs> yeah how many white hat SEOs are gonna admit it <laughs> well uh, I will <laughs> blogging you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> right uh, any, any who are honest will admit it um, of course they can be they, they can jeopardize their relationship with Google to admit it. I intend to have one of the biggest white hats that is out there today, uh, Eric Inga. I intend to have him on the show in, in, in a couple of weeks. We're just trying to negotiate the, the time. And uh, and I don't know what he'll say. We're gonna have to change our tune a little bit when he's on because he, he like I have direct connections to Google. I email them on a regular basis. I have chats. He presents publicly with them at PubCon. So he's another level of white hat above me, I'll fully admit. And um, he could just talk to Gary Ilyish and say, hey, yeah, uh, these guys are buying links, crush all their sites. So we're going to have to be really careful about what, what we say when Eric's on the show. But that's another uh, very well-kept well white hat secret. Here's another a couple uh, really well-kept white hat secrets. Um, there are ways to, to how find links. You don't necessarily have to buy them. You can find them. Uh, you can just do ye oldie link outreach. Uh, if you watch the show from last week, in fact, SEMrush, which is one of the biggest SEO tools out there, and if you haven't heard of it, well, then you haven't been doing SEO for very long. Uh, SEMrush uh, has their, a new ability in there to automatically find uh, pages that are on your topics and to send emails out to them and to manage all that based right on based on your, what your rankings and what you need to find. And so a good uh, white hat tactic uh, that's, that's, uh, that's tied into that, that's a very good white hat uh, secret, is the low-hanging fruit approach. And that's where you see where you have some pages where are ranking on the top of page two, 
and you just do either an on-page tweak to them or you do an off-page tweak to those pages to get them onto page one. It's a, an easy way to, instead of the curve being like this for your traffic, it's an easy way to make the curve like that for your traffic. Just find the, the, the pages that are ranking at the top of page two and throw them a little bit more juice and you get them right on to page one. That's another uh, good white hat uh, secret. Uh, that's not really white hat, it's all hats, but I'll, I'll take it into white hat because it's not anything nefarious per se. Uh, Clint, what's another uh, of the better kept black hat secrets? What about links? Should we go buying links? <sighs> buying links works, PBNs work. Uh, I Probably the biggest secret-ish is that you would find right now is that GSA is actually still working. Uh, it's working really well. Um, you can get into the weeds of it and filter your list, et cetera, like a lot of people teach. It takes a little bit more knowledge to be able to do that. Uh, but I've ranked pages just getting, uh, you know, bot lists that aren't filtered in any way and uh, still doing a pretty good job. you got to be careful with it, though. Uh, it's been, if you don't know how to use software tools like that, I would hit those. Point those at your tier two links, maybe your tier ones. If it's not, if it's really powerful, it's got a domain authority of sixty or higher that could probably take it and be all right. And practice on those kind of pages uh, before you point that at to anything that you really care about. Uh, but once you get the system done, you're gonna, you're still fine that GSA is still working. I, I would have to agree. Um, we we tested this. We uh, people who've been watching us for a show for a long time know we've been testing this. We did our negative SEO test, where Clint hammered my poor little test page with 140,000 GSA links of the most spammiest spam kind of Viagra sex porn links he could think of. And he pointed them all at this page, and the page is still ranking number one. Um, and so it, it both it, in that test it both worked and didn't work. It worked in the sense that the target page went to number one in Google, Bing, and Yahoo, and it stayed there for months. No matter how many times I try to disavow a link, no matter how many times I try and delete them and get rid of it. The problem is that all the sister pages, page two, three, four, and five, that I had ranking in the same SERP, have disappeared and are gone. And I can't get them to rank no matter what. So if you think of a real site in the wild, it'd be great to have your, your, your one page ranking at number one. If you're only trying to rank one page, and that could have worked, and that wouldn't have been negative SEO, by any stretch, but maybe because we built all these spammy, really spammy links and we didn't go through with the care that, that Clint just mentioned, we hammered the, the sister pages and they got de-indexed. And one of my rounds of disavowing got them back intermittently, like an A-B test. Google seems to like doing a bunch of A-B tests. If they suspect you for spam or they suspect you for quality, they, they tend to start making you dance. They, people call it the Google dance. I call it A-B testing where they put you up there, they see if people like it, they click it. If they don't, they remove you. I think quality can be like the the qualifying factor, if you will. If they think you're a little bit spammy, a little bit low quality, they might uh, they might uh, put you up there, A/B test you, and see if people like what they see. But that's what happened to our native SEO test. So I can concur with uh, with the leak that uh, that uh, Clint so graciously just threw out there for everybody. Let's take a look at some of the other questions here uh, that people are asking about. Um, you know, and of course, there, there's tons of other really well-kept uh, white hat secrets. The HTTPS, of course, does give you a slight boost. Speed, I think, gives you even a better boost. The time to first byte, so that's a very well-kept secret. It's not that the it's not the load time necessarily, because people can scroll around even if it hasn't fully loaded yet. It's the time to first byte. And here's a really well-kept industry white hat secret that. The, you might not even be your server or your, your design size that's the problem. It could simply be your DNS server. If you know how the web works, uh, a web host makes a request of an of a, of a, uh, IP a domain name. The, the, the domain name server needs to be queried to see what IP address to check to go to that server to give the page back to the host. So if your DNS server, which has the database of all the names to IP addresses, is slow and takes like a second or two to respond, that that the user has to wait for that, and they sit there waiting for the page to load. By just upgrading your DNS server alone, you can improve your time to first byte by anywhere from one to two seconds. So that is another really good, uh, uh, well-kept white hat secret. Um, Neil Cheeseman asks a biggie, and I will try to give my answer, and I don't know if Clint wants to, to weigh in on this one too. Does the disavow file work? <laughs> uh, Clint, did you want to go first, or should I go first? 
I think the entire planet does Josh's stance on this. So here's what I'll say: if you use it correctly and wisely, and then you're applying at the same time uh, of using the disavow, you're actually building new links. You're going to see an improvement of it by itself. The only thing that I've found useful with it is if, when doing penalty recoveries is what I think it is doing, in my my humble but accurate opinion, is that it's essentially no following the links that you put in there. And I am still seeing, probably with 30 sites that we've done recovery from, the juice from those bad backlinks is coming now, but we're not getting the the, the pain of having bad backlinks, if that makes any sense. So it's it's essentially telling Google, hey, don't count these, but Google's counting them anyway. And honestly, the only reason that you would want to do it is to kind of save yourself from the manual penalty review thing. If there's somebody, like a negative SEO tactic would be to go out and build a whole bunch of web twos and blog spots and make those really crappy links and then go report it to Google uh, in the webmaster forums. And if you want to stay ahead of that and, and make sure that you don't get a negative review penalty, you damn well better have those inside of your disavow file. They're going to look for that. If it's in there, then the Google, then the manual review team is going to leave you alone. Um, but if it's not, you got some, you got, you'll have issues. So that is that's what very, I use disavow file. Yeah, that is a very <laughs> good point. Uh, you know, and, and I agree with Clint on that. I agree with Clint entirely. Um, if you have a partial match penalty versus the links, or or a full penalty versus the site. Um, if it's a full penalty versus the site, then you have to use a disavow file because you have a penalty weighing you down. So you have no choice but to go delete the links or use a disavow file. You definitely have to do that. And you're absolutely right. If um, if there's a lot of negative SEO going on in your industry, then they can report you to Google on the webmaster forum, and that can get bubbled up to someone on the on the spam team, and you can get a, 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 a penalty from doing that. And he's absolutely right. It's the disavow file they look at to see if you're saying, hey, I know about these links. Don't count them. But when it comes to the disavow file working algorithmically, like some people think it is, I have to admit, from my perspective, I don't think it works that way at all. I cannot find any proof that it works that way. I've tested it on numerous links. I built one link, disavowed it, nothing happens. I build, we build 140,000 links. We disavow as many links as we can, nothing happens. Other than I occasionally de-index the site, I, if I disavow a link that doesn't point to the site, the site gets de-indexed. <laughs> the page get de gets de-indexed. So you can hurt yourself by putting mistakes in the disavow file, like links that don't point to you. Uh, that's happened before. So uh, I still have to do more testing on the disavow file. The jury is still out for sure. But as far as I can tell, the disavow file, in my opinion, doesn't do anything. I would focus on, on doing better things. Again, with the small caveat that Clint mentioned that if you're working in a niche that has a lot of negative SEO, a really, really uh, a nasty niche where people are doing stuff like that, then you might start to throw links in there just as a tribute to hope that when the manual team goes and takes a look at your site, they see the, the, uh, the disavow links in there. Or you could just wait for the penalty and do it afterwards. It's, it's, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Okay, Frederick Wilson asks, I have a question about if hiding content in containers that need to be clicked in order to read the text my competitor uses. it. Well, Frederick, that's exactly what uh, Clint just mentioned, is that after the mobile first index, which is now rolling out, Google will read the entire page, and so they will get the semantic in the hidden sections. So you can definitely do that. There's nothing, there's nothing nefarious really about it anymore, uh, and you can use that to pump up your keyword density and if your keyword density is around 50% higher than the SERP average, you should see a boost from that. But don't go over 100% because in our testing, uh, we found that going over 100% the, the, the average keyword density, you will see a, a drop from that. So that could be a problem for sure. Let's see what else we got here. Alan Leanhortz, SEO, asks, what about 301, uh, an exact match domain to your site? So what if you wanted to rank for Red Apples and you 301 to buy redapples.com to your site? What do you think that would happen there, Clint? Uh, those work as long as before you do the 301, you do a complete backlink on it on the uh, the new on the domain you're moving your 301ing over. So like 
it's the same theory and principle behind if you have like I started off as Olympia SEO and then I rebranded to Digital Ear, so I had 301 Olympia SEO over that. Uh, I have also on several occasions standard practice domains and for looking for PDNs, but you find domains that don't have a lot of links, but they have really great a couple of really cool links that you would love to have. You can just buy those and 301 to your target site. So it still works. Definitely. Um, you can definitely do that. I, from a white hat perspective, I tell people not to do that, not to do that only because I'm just assuming they're not very good at doing the link analysis, right? If you're, if you're really good at doing link analysis and then, then by all means you can do that. If you buy, if, if you buy a domain or if you own a domain that has positive link juice and you 301 it to another domain, it's going to get some of that link juice. Um, there are some caveats that Google has mentioned, like they have to be on the same topic or it has to look like it's a, uh, uh, an old, your old business is now F3, exactly what, what Clint did, 301 into your new business. But it's only an algorithm and sometimes it gets it wrong. But the problem is if you're 301ing penalized sites to your domain, that's been uh, rumored to be a negative SEO tactic. Do you think that, that that's a problem? Yeah. Uh, you can certainly pass a penalty on from 301. Uh, you can also clear it out with a double 301 if you want to get into all that. But. <laughs> <laughs> But really, I think <laughs> if you want to do this, a tactic, what? <laughs> if you want to do this tactic, the three hundred ones to get backlinks. Like, let's say you have you're selling fashion stuff, and there's a mommy blogger uh, that your audience, you know, she they're at, and she wants to charge you five hundred dollars for a backlink. You find a broken backlink on there. That domain has, I don't know, maybe 10 links, and one of those happens to be from the page that you want to get a backlink from. Then I'd buy that domain and 301 it to the page that you're trying to rank, and you're going to be okay. Just don't get nuts. Don't make that your only link building thing because the manual team will find it and they'll kill you. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the manual team sees you have 10 301s. <laughs> well, you know, even 10 you can get away with, but there's people that have taken advantage of this and they'll buy 100 domains and then throw it over there. And just boom, they show up, and then they get reported uh, by the white hack fairy dust crowd that riding their moral white horse around the search engines. Uh, <laughs> eventually, you're gonna get it killed. So, yeah, true. I don't like those kind of white hats typically. <laughs> I, I figure uh, if you have to report someone to beat them, then you suck as an SEO anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, that's negative SEO, right? Reporting someone as negative SEO as 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 building crap links to them as sending crap traffic to them It's it's all negative SEO and I think negative SEO is kind of dirty and so I don't like doing it unless I absolutely have to yep. But if I have to I will do it um, Bruno asks why do my organic search visitors stay on my website for five minutes on average while my ads? Uh, the Google and Facebook visitors average just a few seconds are my competitors deliberately clicking my links um it's hard to say, Bruno. There's a million reasons why that could be. It could be because you're bidding on the wrong ads. You're bidding on the, you're targeting the wrong traffic on your ads. If you're doing cold traffic on your ads and they're not really interested in your stuff, then they're going to go to your site. They're going to bounce. You're going to give Google a bad signal for that, and you're wasting your money. So there is some value in doing cold advertising to people who never heard of you, just to get your name in front of their face, and then the retargeting they see it everywhere they go, and maybe you'll you'll get some sales out of that. But quite frankly, I think it's a waste of money. I would always spend my ads, ad money, my ad revenue on people who are hot to buy, people who really like this topic, so that way I don't send Google a bad quality signal for those more busy niches where you have to care about such a thing. Um, that would be my answer. Um, Clint, if you have a different answer, by all the means, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, my first instinct was the ad message doesn't meet the, the landing page. Uh, so you're promising them one thing and they get to the landing page and they're not getting that that would be my very first that would be the first place I'd look obviously competitors is a possibility but that's what everyone jumps onto when their ads fail oh my competitors clicked it and cost me a whole bunch of money and it sucks but really it's marketing market targeting the message on the ad has to match the message on the landing page so if those three things aren't in place then you're like Josh said you're throwing money away I think so, and AdWords is not cheap these days for sure. Um, uh, Clint, Frederick asks you a question. He, he says, is it more helpful to have that text you're talking about in the header rather than the footer? 
I definitely have an answer to this. I don't, I don't know what, what you would say. The, the, the hidden text using the accordion or the tab method is all part of the, it's all in the body. So you wouldn't have it in any one of those places. You put it in the body of the page. Yeah, if you mean the HTML header, then you're talking about the meta keywords tag. And I, I don't think, although Ted might disagree with this one, I don't think Google is looking at the meta keywords tag to help rank pages. Uh, if it is, it's the, 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 the tiniest little signal possible. And the footer, no, people have tested putting text in the footer. And, and definitely Google has mentioned that any text in the footer is, is definitely not looked at as seriously by Google. You want to have this in the main body of, of the text, the main body of the page. But then again, don't forget, Google uses an algorithm to determine what the footer is. And they, they, they can't necessarily always tell what the footer is. They might, uh, they might look at it and, and think it's still main text as well. Yeah, they might. I think the footer tag kind of helps them out with that. And then it's, you know, that's something that's site-wide. I would imagine that these smart guys have probably figured out that if you have 3,000 words in your footer, that there's probably something wrong. So, um, I just put it, put it in the body. That's where it's going to have the most effective use for you. I agree. Um, and, and quite frankly, if you can have it, I mean, it depends. Like you're, you're right. If it's an e-commerce page and you want them to see the form to sign up right away, Google does give priority to pages that have the SEO text that you want to rank on higher up in the page. And so there is a problem. Should I put the, the, should I put the text on the, on the left and then the, the buttons on the right? Or, or you can do that because then it's up top and both are up top and, and they see they read one and they see the other and click it. Or you can hide it behind tabs. There's, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can skin that cat. Um, Roberto, Roberto Rantiria asks, my webmaster tool shows 404 errors to pages for my site that I do not even have. And all these are related to porn sites and are pure black hat, even though I have disavow pages, they keep coming back. That is a, a great question, Roberto. Um, <laughs> sorry? The site's hacked, or it was hacked. Yeah, well, it sounds like there's a content injection going on there where his site, your site's been hacked, Roberto. You need to get a, a server guy, to or a server gal or guy, to take a look and see if your server's been hacked, change your password, stuff like that, change, update your plugins, update your WordPress, whatever it is. But what's, what Google's showing you there is the danger that also, that. You don't have to be hacked, though. They could simply, because most web servers, by definition, and, and I'm making a new video, by the way, guys, that's going to explain all of this that I'm working on. Uh, uh, so, so if this explanation doesn't make sense, wait for the video, and it'll make more sense. But any web server out of, out of the default configuration is going to serve 200 or is going to serve OK to any URL on, on your, your page. Like if I, if I owned xyz.com slash shoes, and someone built links to xyz.com slash shoes, question mark, type equals red, best ampersand equals Viagra. That's a URL that's different from slash shoes that will respond to 100, will give them the slash shoes content, but it has all those keywords in the URL there. And I could build 100,000, 100 million links to a site and, 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 and make Google think that the vast majority of my pages are about whatever you stuff in the URL parameters, like Viagra and child porn or whatever you want. So that is a negative SEO tactic. That's why you need to have a real canonical link on all of your pages pointing to themselves so that when they go to, so when Google loads xyz.com slash shoes question mark equals whatever they put there, that the real canonical in there is pointing back to xyz.com slash shoes back to the main canonical page. That's how you protect yourself against that. I've seen that all the time. And so that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, okay, we have a couple more questions here. Uh, I will let this. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite friend Helena is here. She has a great question, but the spam filter uh, spammed it, uh, kept it in there. I'll, I'll, I'll ask it later. Um, uh, I don't know. Another really good uh, kept uh, uh, white hat secret is. Um, uh, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's a white hat secret per se, but definitely the internal linking of the site is another thing that you need to, to keep in mind. Um, uh, a lot of people think, I got this question this week, that a lot of people think that if you put the, the page closer to the, the main URL, it's going to rank better. I don't think that's the case. I think what actually makes the page rank better is, is having a link from the index page or flowing the... the it's, it's, it's essentially flowing your page rank, right? If all your page rank is collected on your index page, 
from your index page, you have to flow it out to your top ranking pages. And so they have to be one link away from the index page. And that index page link preferably would come from the, the, main the main text of the body of the index page. That's the best way to flow your page rank from all whatever sources to, to your, your top product. So it doesn't have to be xyz.com slash product. It could be xyz.com slash category slash product. That's, that's not a problem. In fact, that's called siloing or, or, or some people call that silo building. Uh, and um, that's a good, supposedly it's supposed to be a good way to do it because you're adding in more semantic relevance, right? If I had joshesfruitemporium.com slash fruit slash apples slash red apples, that's going to have more semantic uh, information for Google about what this site is about and what they can find, expect to find on this page. But what I would want to do is I want to send the, the link juice right from the index page to the pages that I want to be the ranking the best. So remember, what you don't what you don't want to do is what I see all the time is that people will have a blog on their product site. They want to sell products, but they made a blog. In my opinion, that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is that they have a link to the blog on every page on the site. And so on that site, the blog has 10,000 links, but their product pages only have 200 links. Well, all of your link juice is going to the blog pages. All of your importance as far as Google trying to understanding your site is going to the blog pages. They now think you're a blog site and not a product site. And that's going to hurt your chances to rank those product pages. So in my opinion, that has to be worked out the other way around. You can still have a blog, but you have to watch out for that error amongst many, many other errors. Clint, do you agree or disagree with that? Or do you have another uh, well-kept black hat secret you want to share? You know, I think... Uh, E-commerce sites can take advantage of blogs. I think it really it's just like you said it kind of the roundabout way. Is just if you're going to do a blog, then they need to link to – they need to have a purpose to support the money page. And I think this goes – there's another guy in here who's asking the question, what is it? This is a printer, 3D printer chat. He said he's been writing every day for a year. First off, stop that shit. Don't write every day. You're, you know, you're getting great at writing, um, but you're not really helping yourself any. So what I would do is set up a, a marketing plan. Look at what is your primary thing that you're selling. So let's say you're selling 3D printers. Go into people also ask and get ten questions, and then once a week answer one of those testing questions with a blog post and link that specific question to that specific money page. If you sell 3D printers and then you sell uh, the, the stuff inside of the 3D printer to the medium, then don't have that 3D printer supporting question page linked to the medium as well. It has to link just to the printer. And then for your medium, you have the people also ask you your questions and write for that for the medium. And what you're going to see in doing that, and, and I'm giving this away in Rockstars as well, is Let's say you're doing local. Bellevue SEO is a term I want to rank for. I made three internal pages about Bellevue that only link to the Bellevue SEO page. I'm number nine. Uh, I was yesterday number nine. Today is a rank tracker, so I'm number 11, so it's bouncing around with just three internal links. There's no external backlinks pointing to that site whatsoever. And the, page, the content on the pages is essentially duplicate of my homepage other than it says stuff about Bellevue. So it's... That's to just to show you the benefit of what Josh is telling you. If you're going to blog, if you're going to, honestly, if you're going to do anything online, then make a damn plan, and, and that's how you do it, is get all the power from your internal stuff, use the blog to boost up your money pages, uh, and then you'll see your traffic boost and stuff like that. That guy, he's got a year's worth of content. He doesn't have to write another thing for six months. He can turn that into PDFs and build some backlinks to those pages, turn those into videos and build backlinks to those pages and fix his internal linking structure, and he'll, he won't have to write anything for six months. He can post it all on social media. He can post it all on RSS feeds. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, he can make little mini articles out of all of them. He could, he could, if he wanted to go really black hat, he could spin them really well and generate 100,000 pages out of those, yep. of those thousand pages. Yeah, honestly, I don't think he's going to – if he's been doing it for a year, I've fell into that trap. Don't feel bad like, oh, Jesus, someone told me this, and I've been writing for a year, and I'm, I'm a dumbass. You're not. You've got better at writing copy. You've got better at telling your story. Right. You know, 
stuff. But now, now that you have a year's worth of content, let's do something with it. So stop that and then build your interlinking structure. Put it in a mind map first if you want to, and just so you can visually see what you're doing. Uh, that's usually what I do. And it, it works really well. That's a, that's a, I like that uh, the thing you mentioned. That's another very, very well-kept secret is that everyone forgets PageRank is made out of nothingness. If there's no links to any pages, there's no page rank. As soon as one link is made, page rank is generated, right? Page rank, we generate page rank out of nothingness by making links. So if you make three internal links to a page on a site, and those pages aren't linked to anything else, and they only link up to that page, all of their link juice you created is going up to that page. So that's a very well-kept secret. Um, I, I'm going to call it a white hat secret, so I'm going to take it onto my side. <laughs> Just, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm crappy like that. So that's a very well-kept white ad SEO secret that you can have little trees, little trees in the big tree of, of your website, and that's going to pull, it's going to create page rank juice, and it's going to point it at a page. And you can, on, on low competition SERPs, you, you can almost rank on that alone. And so that's another, that's another one of those low-hanging fruit methods that either if you boost the keyword density, you get past the line to page one. You give it some off-page link juice, you get it past the line to page one, or you give it some internal link juice in a tree and you get past the line to page one. That's another way to do it. And he's, okay. in there, he's in the chat. He's saying it's an informational blog. It's a blog. He's not selling anything. It all still applies. If you're writing a blog just to write a blog, then what are you worried about traffic for? Then there's <laughs> no reason. You know, you're just writing it to write it, right? So <laughs> you're right. You, still have a, you still have a money page on your website. Whether you do it that way or not, there's a money page on that website. There better be. <laughs> And, and you know, even if it's let's say it's not to generate revenue, and you just want to become internet famous, well, there's a page about you somewhere on that website to help you become internet famous. Even if you're just doing it for a nonprofit, there's a page on your website about the nonprofit that you're doing it for to get donations. Yep, yeah, exactly. So um, don't think that just because you're not selling a product that none of that applied to you. All of it did, and if you missed it, then enjoy writing. <laughs> well, yeah, then enjoy writing it. <laughs> open up a Word document. Take the take the Office Creed approach and open up a Word document and write in your blog that's saved on your hard drive that no one can see. You know, uh, that's a very good point, Clint. Um, you can think of every single user as a user who will convert on your website, and the conversion changes based on where you are in the sales funnel. If they're at the information end of the sales funnel, they're looking for what are red apples. They convert when they go to your page and they learn about what red apples are. That's a conversion for, for as far as Google is concerned for, on the inf, for info queries. If they go a little bit lower in the sales funnel and they're looking for, uh, okay, now that I know what red apples are, I want to find the best red apples. This is what's called a no-do query. They want to know and maybe buy, right? They want to know and do something. So what are the best red apples? They convert when they learn about the best red apples and maybe even click the buy button or they do another search to find Josh's special brand of red apples, and then they do buy Josh's red apples, and they go to the laser end of the sales funnel where they actually have a credit card in hand or their Apple Pay, and they're ready to make a purchase. Okay, oh, so Shawshank, who is with us here, he says he doesn't want to miss this. It's 2.20 a.m. He's got to leave. Shawshank, before you leave, ask your question, please. If you have a microphone, go ahead. Unmute yourself or ask it here in the chat. You must, my friend, be over in probably... Somewhere in Asia, obviously, if it's 2.20 a.m. So go ahead. If, if you haven't left yet, ask your question in the chat or, or unmute yourself. While you're doing that, I'm going to ask a very serious question from Alan. He asks, where do the White Hat Fairy SEOs get their fairy dust and unicorns? <laughs> I can uh, at SMX. <laughs> they, they get it at SMX West and SMX Advanced. That's exactly where they get their recharge on their fairy dust and unicorns. Uh, it's a it's a giant Kool-Aid drinking cult session where they all slap each other on the back and tell them they're great for being white hats and then they secretly sell links on the side. Barry sells that as part of that's how his, he makes money on that website. <laughs> right. If you subscribe to Barry's blog, SE Roundtable, you get your own free fairy dust and unicorn. So Shawshank says he's uh, from Mumbai, India. Okay. If you if you want to ask your question, go ahead, Shawshank. If if you don't, if you don't have time, I apologize for talking too long. And, uh, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Um, here's another very serious question I'm not going to show. 
Uh, Helena, my own hater from last week, asks, are traps gay? What does that even mean? <laughs> are traps gay? Are they happy? Are they homosexual? What are you talking about? Um, are our haters stupid? Do you know how to burn somebody? I, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, Alina. It wasn't funny, and I don't feel particularly burnt. But um, oh, 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 she comes on to ask more stuff. Uh, uh, something actually siloing. I saw a siloing question here somewhere. I thought it was from her. What about siloing? What do you think, Clint? Now, first off, we have to get clear as to what is meant by siloing. So when I say siloing, all I'm talking about is people having a semantic silo of links on a certain topic that link to a certain topic on your page, which is in a, a, in a logical category. So like joshesfruitemporium.com slash fruit slash red apples. And so in the red apples section, you'd have a bunch of red apples uh, semantic linking to the red apples page. That's what I call siloing. Everyone calls siloing slightly different. Do you have a different understanding of the word siloing, Clint? It's just this, it's just this map out a path to the money page is basically what a silo is. And you want to keep it. So conversion silo. Like we talked about before is you want to keep it. So it essentially, it's going to look like this. I can draw it out for you, but I don't feel like it right now. So, But your money page is up here. And then all your supporting content is down here. They're interlinking between each other, and they're all pointing at the money page. Solid silo is. No matter how you build it, how you get to this point, this is what you're doing. Right. <laughs> so so uh, the question is, siloing, good or bad, I guess, is the question. They just said siloing. Uh, siloing! <laughs> Exclamation mark. Like, Jeb. Um, uh, yes, of course. I mean, your links, your backlinks, and your supporting content all has to be on a, a supporting semantic. That gives you the best, the best signal. So, um, and they also go on to say, so weird. Google constantly says that page rank does not matter, but siloing still works perfectly. They are full of bull feces, and I, this time, I'm agreeing with my hater. Uh, you're right. Um, siloing does matter. Uh, you do have to have. There's, there's. Here's another really well kept uh, secret. Probably more of a black hat secret these days. Here's what your backlinks need to have. They need to have trust. That means they need to have people clicking through them. They need to have, be on the topic you want to rank for, preferably an entire site's dedicated to that, or at the very least, your page is dedicated to that, or at the very, very least, the little section is dedicated to that with a few sentences. That's the worst kind of link, in my opinion. And it needs to be pointing to your, your, your similar page. So you need to be on the same topic. It needs to have trust. There needs to be a flow, a theme based on the, the siloing theme from the semantic from the backlink pointing all the way to your page. And your site, of course, has to have a general theme as well, right? Even if you want to sell, let's say, herbal pill products on a variety of areas, all the way from weight loss to, to male enhancement, right? Still, the entire blog is going to be about natural health. It's going to be about uh, uh, herbal pills in general. And so that's how you get away with such a thing. I mean, and this is, this is nothing new. People have understood this. This makes logical human sense that, you know, you have a – I, I did SEO for a very long time on a, a, a site called naturalhealthsource.com. I don't work with them anymore. I, I have haven't worked, I fired that client. I haven't worked with them for years. But the site's still doing very well because we built it out in such a way that it's it's all about these natural herbal pills you can buy on a variety of products for men and women. And it makes sense that the site's about that. And Google understands this. You know, a car buying site has a bunch of cars and trucks and automotive stuff. They get it. Like they get it, right? So that's all siloing is. And it's just how how exact match specific is your siloing and how you're doing it and you're not, tr you're not, you're not tripping over certain thresholds. I mean, that's been the name of the game forever, right? Since, since they invented the PageRank algorithm. Somebody asks, uh, the Calgary Painter also asks as well, could a site be penalized but still rank in the Google, the Google Maps snack pack? My answer is yes, of course. It could still, because uh, geographic location is the biggest ranking factor for, for local. So if I'm standing right outside uh, uh, the Calgary Painter, your, your, your office, and I, I, I said, Painter, and <laughs> I search, hopefully I should get your shop, which is right beside me. I'm standing right outside it because location is the biggest ranking factor. You would have to be really penalized for me not to get you, even though I can see your sign and I search for you and you're not here. There have to be something seriously wrong with your my business listing or, or, or some kind of penalty. Clint, do you, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, it's two completely separate systems. Totally. So, 
The maps um, will pull some information from organic, like the NAP citations and all that stuff that you're talking about, but it's two completely different systems. So. I agree. So yes, uh, Calgary Painter, um, uh, you definitely can still uh, rank in the, the map snap pack if you're, if you're penalized, but I suspect well, you're, why you're probably asking is because you probably see uh, uh, a site in there that you think you suspect is penalized or not. You don't know if it's actually penalized unless you have the site and you can see the search console. So I would recommend doing an audit on these sites or do a competitive analysis to actually see what's really going on there. It's, it's, we're getting into dangerous territory where I give you an answer to this question and you, and you, you think that that is going to explain everything that's going on that you're seeing there. It's not. I hope, I hope what I said makes sense. We talked about unicorns. Okay, Psychoactive asks, and guys, if you have any, uh, if, if you want to ask us about the, the, the craze, you know, everyone's talking about siloing, everyone's talking about skyscraper, everyone's talking about this or that, ask us in the chat and we'll tell you what we think about it. Uh, for just a few more minutes and then we're gone. Uh, Psychoactive uh, says, link building versus content gap strategy. Clint, do you have any idea what content gap strategy is? No, I think you made it up. <laughs> Psycho, I have no idea what content gap strategy is. If you okay. can explain it uh, later on below or if someone can explain it. Okay, Shiloh Yelup asks, negative SEO, please discuss. Well, that's a vague, <laughs> that's a big topic, <laughs> negative SEO. Uh, I can say from my perspective is, is link-based negative SEO is, is kind of hard to do unless you can report it to the web spam team really well. Um, reporting on the web spam form doesn't work so well because that's just automated. But going on the webmaster forum uh, 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 forums, the actual webmaster forums for Google and telling them this site's terrible, blah, 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 that can get some action. Or people who have John Mueller's email, you know, if they email John Mueller and say, hey, this site's violating the rules, that could get it directly submitted to the, the to the spam team. I don't know. There's there's ways that happens. I don't know that something like that happens, but not that I would ever do such a thing. But uh, Scouts Honor, Scouts Scouts Honor, Scouts Honor. However, that's supposed to go. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a. I mean, it's too big a topic to even talk about. There's there's tons of negative SEO that you can do. You can DDoS a site. You can make them respond 500. You can you can make them respond 500 on the robots.txt only, and they may not even notice. Uh, you can you can do tons of different kinds of things. Uh, you can point all those links to them, like I already mentioned. Uh, uh, there's all different kinds of of negative SEO tactics you can do. We should have a whole, you know, Clint. We should probably have a whole episode on negative SEO. I have Ted on here for that as well. Yeah, he would be perfect for it. He's he's managing some sites that are hitting, getting hit every day. I agree. Okay, so SEO Sean asks, Hey Josh, what's the toolbar you use for cookie reviewing sites in the SERPs? It's called SERPWorks. I'll type it here at serpworks.com. My own post didn't get uh, there. It is. Yeah, I typed it in the chat. There we go. Oh, now I lost my place. Oh no! I can pick up. Let me flash through some of these for you. Please. I'm scrolling ahead. Adam asked about PBNs. He's got 10, 10 PBN sites and two clients and his own, and he wants to know if you can link to all three. Uh, from the PBNs. I wouldn't. What you should do is get into a, a PBN sharing network. Uh, you can share links uh, from your PBNs to other people. Uh, don't do any more than 10. So 10 people on each one of your 10 sites, and those 10 people will link back to your clients from their PBNs uh, on theirs. And you share that, and you just turn your 10 PBNs links that you have now into 100 PBNs for those three sites. Don't link from your own PBN. Do it that way, especially if you have something that small. Uh, Frederick asked about clicks. What I look for, if, if you're buying links or you're doing guest posting, uh, look at the traffic. If their sites are getting, you know, depends on your how you want to do it, but at least 1,000 to that page, 1,000 traffic hits to that page or to that website. Uh, and it's ranking for a lot of keywords is usually what I go for. Typically, uh, I buy mine from Brian Hong, and he's bringing us sites that are you know, 5,000 to 25,000 uh, hits a, a, a month uh, and ranking for thousands of keywords. So, um, that's, that's the kind I of high-powered links that, that personally I would start looking at. 
Um, I have a question for you, Clint. Um, on the last PBN question, how time consuming is it? I mean, there's dangers to making a PBN and, and setting up your own 10 little sites or whatnot. How time consuming is it to make your own 10 little sites and kind of monitor them and make them look real and, and legitimate? Uh, we, we got a whole team over at, uh, I'm also the head of SEO for another agency and we have a whole team just looking, doing the PBN stuff. Uh, you're essentially, if you're doing it right, the umbrellas, if you got a PBN, if it's not making its own money, then you're doing it wrong. So, uh, that's kind of how we look at that. Right. So I, I think it bears mentioning that if, if you're having trouble just doing SEO on your one site, to try and do it on 10 backlink sites might be maybe not the right path for you to take. Yeah, I wouldn't. It, if, you, if you only have 10, it's really not enough uh, to do any good, especially for that amount of clients. 10, 10 was where we would start if you're trying to rank a page, not three completely different websites. So. Uh, he needs to look at sharing those, sharing or just buying links from people that are selling quality PBN backlinks. Quite frankly, that's why in my consultation, for the most part, I, I, I advise people to work on your own site, make your own site as good as possible. And when you need, when and if you need the link juice, the, the, the rivers are there. <laughs> the, 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 the city will provide, right? There's always someone selling something, so you're gonna find it. You might get some lesson learned stuff, but you're gonna, you know, you'll find some good ones too. And just you know, keep those to yourself eventually. Uh, Roberto asks, Clint mentioned GSA Ranker. So how about SE Nuke TNJ? Does it still work? Complete shit. That thing is garbage. I bought it when now, I think. Now, don't sugarcoat it. Don't don't sugarcoat it, Clint. Tell us the truth. What do you really think? <laughs> that thing is garbage. I bought it when it first got when it first came out. Uh, I bought the the new version, the TNG. I got the lifetime license, and it was it was crap. And I was solely disappointed in what they did with it, and I, I'll never trust them with my money again. So, uh, if you want to build, you want to learn something a little less complicated that does essentially the same thing, then get SEO Autopilot. I will not comment on SC Nuke because I used to know those guys and used to do videos for them. So I will I will just zip zip my lip <laughs> and uh, but well, I kind of agree with Clint. Worked, the old version worked great. I, I what I don't know what they were smoking when they launched TNG because when I tried it it was horrible. I, as a matter of fact, it's one of the few internet products that I bought and I just I instantly refunded because it was it was trash. Ah, okay. So Alan explained. And I, I even mentioned this. I, just, I obviously don't use it enough, and I don't know the name of it. That uh, SEMrush has a content gap tool that finding that finds content your competitor has that you don't. Yeah. So their question then was, if I do a search for content gap, their question originally was link building versus content gap strategy. Well, now that I know what you're talking about. Um, there's link building includes that content gap strategy, right? So the, the way to build links from SEMrush is the is ye olde white hat way. It's you can find content that 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 your competitor has that you don't. You can find uh, uh, people that are talking about your your all your topics that 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 you want to get links from or social mentions from, and you could do automated automated email outreach right right from there to try and boost your rankings. So that's one way to do link building. Um, I don't know. I, I, then I have to ask you, what do you mean by link building? Because that's 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 one way to do link building. What do you mean by by link building specifically? When it comes to link building, there's two main ways to do it. Um, the white hat way, where you you make really great content or a really great site, and then you you do a bunch of social media marketing. You you do a bunch of like promotions. You do a, a bunch of like charity drives. You do a bunch of newsworthy stuff and hopefully just get links donated to you because you're so awesome. That's the most expensive way. The least, the less expensive is to make really great content, but then you email out asking, begging for a link. And if as long as you don't specifically ask for a link, but you say, hey, it would be great if you did link to us, that technically doesn't break the rules, supposedly. And if they link to you, that's how you do it. But as you can imagine, that doesn't get very many links unless you happen to be super, super awesome. Then anything after that is, is black hat is where you're emailing asking for a link or you email someone and you pay them money to give you links or you make your own sites to get links. Um, 
is that I'm laughing because it's it, it's cool uh, to watch how a, a white hat person justifies doing stuff. <laughs> like I'm not buying links technically. I'm asking them for it and offering them money just in case they want it. Right. <laughs> so technically I'm not buying links. So now white hat. <laughs> right. Well that's why I said it was the best kept secret in, in white hat SEO is that they're not white hats. Is <laughs> that they're all black hats. Because they're all asking for links because they know very well that except for like one percent of the companies out there that are super newsworthy you need to ask for links, otherwise people are not going to link to you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so honestly, what I would do with his with that content now that I know what the hell he's talking about is, let's say you have your ranking for uh, we'll stick with three D printers. So you have three D printers, and then you have four different pieces of content. They're interlinked and ranking to your to your target page, and you're not doing well. But your competitors are talking about four other topics. I would write about those four other topics and add that to the silo, and that's how you take advantage of that. And you'll get your uh, your link building stuff from that. You can add if you're using WordPress, add a plugin called Snap. You get the Pro version, and that'll syndicate for you automatically. Do all your social sharing and crap, and then turn that into a turn that post into a PDF. There's a Chrome plugin called Print Friendly. It'll turn it into a PDF for you, an exact image of your site in a PDF document. You share that on SlideShare, and then you read out or just talk about your blog post on a YouTube video. It takes five ten minutes to to produce that, uh, and there's your your links to all your your uh, supporting pages and all that juice will flow flow up to your money page. And you'll know how powerful your site is right off the bat from there and tell you how many uh, backlinks you're going to need from doing that doing that strategy. Okay, thank you, Clint. Now we're moving into the final segment of the show. The final segment is the lightning round. And the lightning round is where I read the questions really fast and we give a single word, yes or no answer. Are you ready? Yep. All right. First question is, was there any shake in the SERP recently? I noticed that my new posts have not been ranking. The answer is yes, and yeah. the second answer is there's a million reasons why that may, may or may not be happening. Email me for an audit, audit at joshbrashinsky at gmail.com. Next uh, question, Paul Foster is soloing. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You broke the rules of this segment. You answered with more than one word. You're right. <laughs> I can't even follow my own rules. Paul, Paul Fussell says soloing absolutely does work. Sure. 3dprinterchat.com says, should I use link building from Fiverr gigs? No. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Uh, Adam asked, if you have 10 PBNs, answered that. Fred asked, clicks a month, answered that. Uh, 3D Printer Chat says, since my site is worldwide, news blog about 3D printing, can I use citations from all over the world on maps to boost organic rankings? Uh, no. Uh. Yes. Whoa, there you go. We're just going to leave it at that. You have to wonder, <laughs> what's the real answer? You won't know. <laughs> it's the lightning round. It's, it's crazy. Um, uh, Stephen B. says, at Helena Blavetsky, you are lame. Well, yes, okay, sure. Um, uh, what is the name? Brian. Brian Hong. Yes, it's Brian Hong. Uh, Frederick asks, any white hat or black hat tips for some social media love? And what is the level where your social needs to be to have an effect on SEO? Traffic to your site that's positive and likes and or shares on Facebook have been tested and positively show. Helena asks, where to send nudes for Josh? Do you mean nudes? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> you call it I will appreciate your, your nude is. <laughs> Nudes. Although, who knows? It could be interesting. Who knows? Anyway, so that's been the show. Please don't sh sh send me your nude is. I don't want your nudes or your nude is. <laughs> uh, uh, this has been White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. I'd like to thank our Black Hat co-host, Clint, for joining us today. And as I said before, if you have any SEO questions at all, you can contact either myself or Clint. More white hat stuff, maybe I'm more your guy. Or if you want to get a little nasty with it, maybe maybe Clint's your fellow. My contact information is joshbashinsky at gmail.com. You can follow me at Twitter, at joshbashinsky, where I now have 280 characters to slag off Google. So twice this Google slagging offness will occur. 
And you can watch more videos like this where we answer SEO questions, we show SEO experiments, and we show uh, demos for SEO at youtube.com slash jbeshins. And Clint, you can contact him at info at digitalear.com. Clint, why don't you talk, and I'll just put you up here so people can, there you go, there's his email address. Yep. <laughs> contact right Clint there, but he's going to be really drunk for the next few days because he's in Vegas, so you might not get an email back, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, not not this not till I get back home. You won't you won't get anything back. <laughs> so maybe you should send your nudis to to Clint because he's in Vegas and so he's gonna be used to seeing nudis all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah, please no nudies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so thanks very much. This has been White Hat versus Black at SEO show. And as we always say, uh, I'm gonna be off next week. I'm uh, I'm uh, doing some family stuff next week, so I won't be here. But the week after, we hope to have a special guest for you. Uh, and uh, that'll be fun. So see, wait, wait, wait to see us in two weeks, and we'll see you then. And the very last uh, question I'll answer is Tomislav asks, Wikipedia links, yes or no? The answer is yes, if you can get them. Bye.